the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're blessed to have you join us today. When we initially surrender our lives to God, we are newborn babies. As we grow in our newfound faith and in our relationship with our Lord and Savior, we progressively mature in our knowledge, understanding, and application of God's Word. If we are committed to our new life, as a result of our increasing faith in the only true living God, we become effective witnesses to the glory of God. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us about growth in and witnessing for Christ. Let me tell you something. When you're hot for Jesus, when you're on fire for Jesus, you'll come to church in the evening. You'll worship him in the morning. You'll worship him at noon. You'll worship him when the believers come together to to remember the Lord's death and burial and resurrection and taking of holy communion and not allowing the things of this world to trump the business of God. And some of you say, oh, why did you say that? Because it's true. You see, being in position, using your Bibles, bringing your Bibles to church, the book of the law to church. I told my wife the other day, I said, I'm really going to lose the battle long term with, with, with people bringing the Bible to church because people are so technologically inclined now until they are just insistent and persistent on bringing technology and looking at it and seeing the word. I remember one of the preachers went to visit a church up in the Dallas area. And so the preacher got up and preached from his iPad or something like that. And, uh, and as he was preaching on the iPad, uh, it went out. <laughs> and he had to stop in the middle of the sermon and say, well, could somebody go over there and get my notes? And bring my notes up here. <laughs> because he was lost. He'd have a book. He'd have everything, he'd have everything all that. So, so what happens when it go out? What happens when it goes on the blink? What happens when it malfunctions? You know, my book doesn't malfunction. <laughs> my book don't run on batteries. The Bible doesn't need, this book I have doesn't need recharging. You understand what I'm saying? And so I know it's, I know it's not a sin to use that stuff. But there ought to be a time we ought to make a statement before our children and before our grandchildren and see them. You know, every book I get, I, if you look through this Bible, I'm, I've highlighted this Bible. It's all, you can look at it any time you want. You just got to give it back. And uh, you see all the way through from Genesis. And, uh, and then I gave one to Randy. And then I'm going to give another to Andrea. And then I'm going to give another to Asher. And I'm going to give another to Jaden. And I'm going to give another to all the grandchildren and Gerald's grandchildren. Every time I, I'm passing one down, so when I'm gone, they can say, so this is my Paul's book that he preached around the world in. And that's an invaluable thing for you to mark up your book, highlight your book, and then pass it down to your children. Long after you're gone, you'll still be saying, now what, you know, ooh, he highlighted that. What was my daddy thinking about? What was my Paul Paul thinking about when he highlighted that? 
See, you can't do that with the, with, 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 with the technology and iPads and iPhones and all that stuff. Oh, I remember one day I was, we were riding uh, on a plane, flying on a plane uh, to Philippines to, uh, to, to go see our missionaries and celebrate the Bible being, uh, being given in the language of the people. And it was the middle of the night. I couldn't have sleep on a plane like most of us. And, and so I took my Bible, cut my little overhead light on, opened my Bible up, and began to read and meditate. And all of a sudden, I was sitting on one end. We were in the middle section on the 747. So, you know, middle section, all these seats in a row. I was sitting on one end, this gentleman way on the other end. So he looked down there in the middle of the night. Everybody else sleeping in between. I was up and he was up. And he said, hey. I said, yeah. I know that book you have. I said, well, yeah, what is it? He said, that's a Bible. I said, yes, it is. Can you come over here and tell me something about it? And I walked all the way around and began to minister to him the word of God. And while I was ministering to him, little did I know with some missionaries that were heading to another country, they were praying for me as I was ministering to him. And it's all because I opened the book. But now if I had my iPad, I could have been playing Pac-Man. It, it, it would not have arrested the book. Do you, do you get the point of what I'm trying to say? I'm not against these things, but it is a greater testimony to have the book. I'm trying to drive that into your heart so you can get. Now, you can use that stuff everywhere else, but bring the book to the house of God, the book of the law, so that you can learn how to use the book and not be so technologically dependent until you can't find Leviticus in the book. It's a dumbing down of society to the point that you can't even think. That's why Alzheimer's is catching up with us because we are not using our brain power because the technology, we don't even know our our, our spouse's numbers. Everything is speed dial. Everything is just click, boom, 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 boom. Where is the thinking? We got to start thinking again. That's positioning yourself to learn the word of God. You see, growing spiritually mature saints are excited about learning. Philippians 1.9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing. Notice, don't stop growing. Keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. God wants you to keep on growing. Be determined to grow. It is dangerous for you to not grow. You you, you begin to decline and regress when you're not growing. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approval to God. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Saints who are serious students of the Bible don't expect to be spoon-fed all of their lives. If you're a serious student of the Bible, you don't expect to be spoon-fed all of your lives. They know how to study and accurately divide the word of truth for themselves, allowing scripture to interpret the scripture. You see, my friends, if you are passive, if you are apathetic, and, 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 and if, you are pro, if you are not proactive about your own spiritual growth and development, it will result in spiritual erosion, spiritual deterioration of your spiritual life. If you're not passive 
If you rather, if you are passive, if you are apathetic, if you are not proactive about your own spiritual growth and development, it will result in spiritual erosion and a deterioration of your own spiritual life. You see, you know you are growing when you are willing to financially invest in your spiritual resources to help you grow. You'll do whatever it takes to grow spiritually. There was a time when we used to, years ago during the Sunday school, Frank and others will know who started out with us, and some of you were in early, early years, we had Sunday school literature from the convention and all these kinds of things, and we were buying all that stuff, and we'd give, give all the students and the teachers all of the curriculum. We found books under chairs, under table. They lost them. They wasted them. And the Spirit of God convicted me, and I said, enough! I will not give the people of Maranatha any more Sunday school literature. I want them to go buy it, because then they'll put their name on it, and they'll be upset because they paid for it when they lose it. Sometimes you can be an enabler. You know, you can buy so much for the people that they expect you to do and not do for you and not for you to do for yourself. Because what you invest in, you value. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> what you invest in, you, now I don't see, you know those books, those, those doctoral books that you have, I don't ever see them under the seats anywhere. I don't see them. You know why? You paid for that book and you wrote in it. Where's my book? Uh, custodian, somebody, did you see my book? You looking for that book because that's your book. You value what you invest in, you see. So all I'm saying is that uh, you're willing to invest in your own spiritual resources to help you grow. You'll do whatever it takes to grow spiritually, such as buying CDs, DVDs, books, taking Bible classes, going to seminars and conferences, such as the God's Plan for Israel conference that we had and the NAIC conference, conference that's going to be held here in Maranatha. Don't be so cheap that you stunt your own spiritual growth. Proverbs 17, 16 says, it is senseless to pay tuition to educate a fool since he has no heart for learning. New Living Translation. You listen, it, you're wasting your money if you're trying to educate a fool. A fool don't want to learn. You're just, just, you're just wasting, wasting your funds. It is impossible to grow until you've first been born again. You can't grow without the new birth experience. John 3, verses 3 and 7 says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. All I'm saying is this, it is impossible to grow until you first have been born again. You see, spiritually dead people cannot grow spiritually. One must first have the life of God living in his or her soul before spiritual growth can take place. Beloved, have you been born again? Dead folk can't grow. The Bible tells us that the prayer of the righteous man avails much. Therefore, we must not be selective regarding who we witness to. In fact, God's word admonishes us to share the gospel throughout the entire world. We must lay aside everything that weighs us down. We must not allow sin to entangle us. 
by faith we can and we must endure to the end the race that God has set before us. We must not give up. We must not give in. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. When I'm counseling, the first thing, the first issue I want to deal with, wait a minute, let's see if you are saved because counsel is nothing if you're dead spiritually. Any counsel that's, any counselor that's starting to try to help people in their lives and, and not help people come to issue with their own salvation and to confront the issue of their salvation, you're wasting your time and theirs too. You want to know, have you been born again? Now, all of that was growing in Christ spiritually. Let me give you a few things and we'll stop because we won't be able to do all of this today. But secondly, God takes pleasure in people and uh, saints who are passionate about winning souls for Christ. This is our year. It, this is the year of personal witnessing. And if each of us in this room brought w- at least one person to Christ, uh, got one unchurched person to start back to coming, a backslidden person, you know, what would this church look like if every one of us won 12, at least one person a month for 12 months, what would this congregation look like? It would create all kinds of issues for the leadership, which are good problems that I haven't been confronted with yet because so many are comfortable not witnessing. Uh, scripture says our theme verse is Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and, uh, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let me share something. One whose life is filled with the Holy Spirit, one whose life is driven by the Holy Spirit, one whose life is under the control of the Holy Spirit, will be passionate about winning others to Christ. When you're filled with the Spirit, driven by the Spirit, under the control of the Spirit, passionate about winning others to Christ, you will, you will, you will be so desirous of seeing folk come into Christ. The darker and more decadent this world becomes should motivate us to reach more souls that are headed to a Christless eternity. The dark, it, America, haven't you seen enough to know that uh, uh, these folk here in America need Jesus? Every time you cut on the news, those are lost folk that are in need of a savior. And we're all talking about the problem. We know America has problems, but who's sharing the remedy? The darker and more decadent this world becomes should motivate us to reach more souls that are headed to a crisis eternity. Regrettably, the great commission has become the great omission. We're to go and we're to share our faith and witness and make disciples. But the great commission has become the great omission. And you're so satisfied omitting the commission. Huh? Many are more concerned about sports and fun and food and fashion and making a sale that some folk will give you a business card in church and won't even give you a Bible track. Then you are you're more, concerned about, you're more concerned about those things than you are winning souls for Christ. Beloved, the church is not a country club. I repeat, the church is not a country club. 
where one becomes a member enjoying the membership privileges. I'm enjoying my amenities, my comfort. Uh, I'm fellowshipping with us folks, shut the door and no more. It should be our heart's desire to go outside of the doors of the sanctuary to reach the lost with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to be going out, out, out in the, to the community uh, next Saturday. And will you be there, weather permitting, to reach souls for Jesus? All in your workplace and in a, in a dental office and the doctor's office and in your family reunions and all your sorority functions. Where is Jesus? Now, what must, what, here's what we must remember when it comes to soul winning. How many of you want to be a soul winner? You won't be one unless you want to be one. So I say, I don't know. Listen, who y'all? How many of you really want to be a soul winner? Some of you won't witness because you don't want to. Here's what we must remember when it comes to winning souls. A, pray for the lost. When last time you prayed for somebody you know was just lost? I mean, their behavior, their lifestyle, their words, their face, their testimony is just a disgrace because they are lost. Or maybe they are doing all that. They're really good people, intelligent, good moral, got a good job, well-educated. And we make a big deal out of them because of their being the who's who, but they're the who's who who's lost. See, we're making a big deal. And so your corporate executive needs Jesus just like the custodian. Huh? Romans 10.1, Paul is saying to the church of Rome, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. So that was a time when Paul... Uh, Paul was lost and he was on, way, way to hell, on his way to hell and he was a persecutor of the church but when Paul got saved he got saved and, and he wanted his countrymen his brethren to enjoy the divine privileges of salvation like he was now enjoying he didn't want to go to heaven while his own Jewish beloved brethren was headed to a priceless eternity do you care about your first cousin your auntie your brother your sister your mama your daddy your Sarah your frat your whatever you don't care you're not witnessing you going to heaven while they going to hell and you're not bothered? Pray for the lost. Pray for the lost. B, go reach the lost. Some, some of you pray for the lost, but you won't go reach them. If you're going to go fishing, you got to go where the fish are. Huh? You got to go to Calaveras Lake. You got to go somewhere. You got to go to Corpus. You got to go to Galveston. You got to go to some pond, some lake. You don't go out on your sidewalk and drop a line on the cement saying, I'm fishing. No bites. If you want to bite, you got to at least put the line in the water and have some bait on the water. And we are called to throw out the lifeline. And on the hook of the lifeline is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they get a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is transforming to the glory of Almighty God. When are you going to cast out and throw out the lifeline? For someone is seeking today. Go reach the lost. Matthew chapter 9, 
verses 37 and 38, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. After you pray, then go. Pray that he send out laborers. But when you pray that God will send out laborers, you really pray that God will send you out. You're the first to go. You know, Lord, send more workers in the vineyard. Oh, God, be with them when they go knock on doors. Oh, God, be with them when they go to the homeless and to the detention center, the jail. Listen, but where are you going? Where are you going? Home? To chew on some fried chicken? And watch Dancing with the Stars? Where are you going? Judge shows and American Idols and all this other stuff. Lost in the wilderness and the desert, and what would you do? What you ought to be doing is reaching the lost. That's what you ought to be doing. You know every show in the book on television. You pray for laborers, but you haven't made the first step yourself. Luke 14, 23 says, Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways. And hedges and compel, I mean, and urge them to come in that my house may be filled. My house, you know, it's, it's a prize where people are so comfortable with so many empty seats in the house of God. And, and you know, there are many churches all over. They say, well, what? It's so few members. And then, uh, honey, ain't nobody coming. The, 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 the membership is going down. I'm talking about church at large now. But then you're part of the problem. Because you are supposed to be going out to witness and compelling folk to come in that his house be what? Filled. You are, every seat that's in this house, you ought to be praying that God will fill it. And then you activate your faith to go tell somebody about Jesus so they can be sitting in that seat that's empty next to you or somewhere near you. You ought to be proud. Let's see, wherever that empty seat is, before you, on the side of you, and behind you, wherever it is, Lord, I'm going to be praying for somebody to be sitting in that seat next, next week because I'm not satisfied until every seat is filled, until we have to bust at the seams to create and plant new churches and do more facilities and make all kinds of adjustments in order to house the people of God. Let me say another one and I think I'll stop because you can't take but so much. <laughs> Loving the world and the things in it will keep you from being a soul winner. Loving the world and the things in it will keep you from being a soul winner. Everybody with a Bible, turn to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Loving the world and the things in it will keep you from being a soul winner. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If anyone, look at that, if anyone love, look, loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. I love verse 17. Don't stop there. And the world, that's why, you know why you don't love it? It's because the world is what? That's why you don't love it. It's passing away. And people, a Christian shouldn't be carried away with no lady, with lady Gaga. I mean, you, I mean, you, that word, anytime they come, that work out your mouth, you ought to be praying. And you ought not have any of their music. That's right. You ought not be promoting. You, 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 you are promoting the agenda of Satan when you invest in satanic doings. I'm not saying Lady Gaga, apart from her salvation, I want to say. You know what? If, if Lady Gaga got converted, would, would that shake folk up? When she got that 12 minutes, I didn't know the time. She got 12 minutes. I don't know if she's going to come in swinging. I don't know if she's going to be on the slide. I don't know if she's going to be zigzag. I don't know how she's going to come in, but she's going to come in. And she's going to make her debut. But if she all of a sudden will come in on a swing, or however she's going to come in, or some star-studded, all, all kind of uh, stuff going on. Fireworks and explosions and smoke. She might just come out of the stage and just... You know, now y'all gonna really see how you y'all really want to know. You better come to church tonight. <laughs> so if she comes up or come down or slide in, well, and then she stop, and all of a sudden, y'all, I want you, I want the whole world to know I just got saved. I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And I renounce my wicked ways and my sinfulness. And listen, your only hope is Jesus. And I'm trusting God that you would come to the Jesus I know. All of you all over the world that's watching this, it's about Jesus. Repent and turn from your sins and come to Christ. You talking about shaking up the world? I'm going to do a T-bone. Ought to be a Tebow show. And all God's children said. Are we sure of our salvation in Christ Jesus? Does our light shine so brightly that it draws the lost to our Lord and Savior? Or is our light so dull that it turns the lost away from God? Are we praying for the lost? We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and expect to win the lost for the cause of Christ. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.